0: Sealing God's People at sealinggodspeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about various things in the work of the ministry in the last days. On the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord visited me saying, Seal my people by my word as the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God so sent I you. A very strong, profound word. Literally, we know we're in the last of the last days. But that's profound in that God is preparing Right now in the preparation for the work of the ministry, we'll say there's a time of preparation, sanctifying ourselves wholly, both spirit, soul, and body. And we sanctify them through that truth, our word is truth. So we're sanctified by the Holy Ghost. But he said, the Holy Ghost will speak of me for all the fathers given unto me. Therefore, I said, he will speak of me and show you things which will come, come to pass. And this is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave it to him to show unto his servants things, which must shortly come to pass, sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Now John Jehovah favored, was the only apostle that did not see a mortar's death, but was in the Isle of Patmos there, or the word of God and the testimony which he held. There, as John wrote, somewhere in the neighborhood of 95 A.D., certainly after Vespasian, uh, Titus the son of Vespasian, destroyed Jerusalem in 70 A.D., the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, it's not the revelation of the Antichrist, and we're going to see that mark of the beast and various things, but what we want to focus on now is that many say that Revelation 4, verse 1 is the rapture. Now, we're going to take a look at Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 10, and Luke 21, and take a look at the time of the rapture and the work of the ministry. Now, most people say, well, I'll read the Word of God. I don't see much of a work. I don't see much of a revival or a great work of, of glory in the last days. It seems like evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. We don't see the glory. It just looks like there's just more trouble and more evil in the world and nothing happens. But yet, just as it was in John 7, we're going to see there is a secret. And that is the Son of Man. Him hath God the Father sealed. That seal is for Gizzo, which is that sealing is to secret. It's secreted. Now we wonder why Jesus, whenever his brothers came to him and said, "Well, uh, it's the time of Tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, go up, going up to Jerusalem," and uh, so there is no man that does anything uh, there in secret that wants to be seen openly. And Jesus went up, as it were, in secret. Now, there's a reason why it's in secret. Everything in the Word of God gives us revelation into the work. But it's also line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. That those that do not have a right heart will be ensnared and fail. And they will fall of that truth they're earnestly uh, saying they're contending for the faith. They say they love God, but yet their heart's far from them. Those that are earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. When you seek for God with all your heart, you're going to find Him. Now we're going to see in John 7 at Tabernacles, and, and it's a time there, not a Pentecost or Shavat, but Sukkoth, And Jesus would go up as it were in secret. And then he cried with an electric voice. That voice is what we're going to hear before the coming of the Lord, the second time without sin, unto salvation, the second advent, when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We have to focus on the Son of Man. Now, the Son of Man has been deemed by most denominations as the flesh. And the Son of God being that He's divinity, but Son of Man being His humanity. We totally disagree wholeheartedly. Because in John 3.13, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And the Son of Man, standing right there before His disciples, stated that He was in heaven. And we're going to see in John 6, all the way, John 16. But John 6 there about, except we eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, referring to the Son of Man, that we have no life. Except we eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, we have no life. That is that manna that came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat and are dead, but as that living bread. Now somebody said, well, we take the scriptures uh, uh, naturally, uh, just as at face value and not spiritually. Well, you're going to have a problem because the Holy Ghost will show you in the natural realm the spiritual effect of it because the temple in heaven is made there uh, that temple in heaven has an image of that, or the pattern of that, that was given to Moses to make it in the earth, so we can get a glimpse of heaven. When we see the spiritual truths as depicted in the earthly realm, Jesus would speak with similes and metaphors that we would not miss these great profound truths. Now one of these is the Son of Man revelation. The Son of Man has nothing to do with flesh. It has to do with the kingdom office, the office of the kingdom, which is uh, the Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Son of Man. Jesus said, all judgment is given to the Son of Man because he is the Son of Man. There's a time that the saints will be given judgment. What? Know you not that we will judge angels? And Paul was saying, why can't you judge uh, uh, the smallest matters? And you're going before uh, the judge in the courts uh, there and and before uh, the natural judges. Uh, And the least of the saints should be able to judge uh, in these matters. Well, no, you're not. You'll judge angels. Well, there's a day that God will give judgment to the saints of the most high. The kings of this world will become the kings of our Lord and of his Christ. We see that Son of Man first mentioned in Daniel seven thirteen. The consummation of that is the day of the Lord. Now, that Son of Man is when we find there in 1 Corinthians 15, 24, 25, 26, 27, uh, every man in his own order, in his own uh, battle battalion, in his own troop. Uh, Christ the first fruits. afterward, those at his coming. Now, the question is, what is the coming? Is it the, uh, the coming of Jesus uh, there in the former in latter reign? Is it the coming of Jesus to Marousia in the second advent? And this is where the problem comes in, uh, in discerning. And the only way we can discern that is through the Holy Ghost. That's the reason why we must be led and guided of the Holy Ghost and all truth. The Holy Ghost... The Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the one that leads us and guides us and gives us reality. When we see a seven-head, ten-horned beast, with ten crowns upon his head, ascend up out of the sea, well, we know that this is not going to be some horror show uh, that is a spiritual uh, significance there, and we don't take that naturally. And others say, well, uh, take it natural until you see that you can't and then take the spiritual aspect of the Word. Totally disagree. You must always go by the leading of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, it'll make shipwreck. So as we see in John 3.13, no man has sent it up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now we're going to see and take a look at Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21 about the rapture. Now we're going to focus on the Son of Man and the coming of Him in the second advent are the so-called rapture. Now, somebody said rapture is not in the Word. We have no problem with that because it says caught up, to meet, uh, caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, First Thessalonians 4, 17. Well, there's no problem with that, the repezo. We're going to be caught up. There's no problem there using the word rapture. But we're going to see in Matthew 24. He was talking about the Mount Elevate discourse. And as uh, Jesus, uh, there was the disciples, and they were looking at the temple and how glorious the temple was. And they said, uh, look at all these things, this glorious temple, to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, see ye not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down now this literally took place in 70 A.D. with Titus son of Vespasian literally took the throne the stones and threw them down into the streets of Jerusalem and as he sat upon the Mount of olivet olives are the olivet uh, discourse the disciples came unto him privately saying tell us what shall these things be and what shall be the sign of that coming and of the end of the world now we've Already said you set to your seal this sign. The sign is a seal. That sealing. You have set to this sign, this seal, uh, that this testimony of God is true. Uh, there, that you have set this to your seal. And that sign is a seal. And it is a signet or a signature of ownership of what they would call. An engraving of an engraver. So the sign, sealing. There should be a sign given unto you. Uh, Ahaz, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and call his name Emmanuel. Now that is the Lord Jesus Christ, born in the city of David Christ the Lord. But we also see again that the woman will be ch- saved in childbearing. He she continues in faith with all sobriety and modesty she will be saved in childbearing? Yes, we're speaking of a spiritual significance that the woman, there's that sign in heaven, a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun a moon and mooned under her feet upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. And she cried, travailing in pain. Now that travail is birth pains. And she brought forth a man child. Now we see just as uh, the devil, through Herod tried his best to, to kill all the children two years and under when he heard there was a king born in Israel, that he had all the firstborn there uh, two years and under, all the male child killed. we we'll also see in Revelation 12 that this is not Jesus going back 2,000 years because we see in Revelation 4 verse 1 there's a voice of a trumpet talking with John saying, come up hither and I will show you things which will come to pass hereafter. Now John's writing this in 92 to 95 AD. This is not Jesus' birth. This is the birth of Christ in you, the woman birthing, the church birthing, the man-child cut up to God and to his throne. Who are these? Revelation 12 says the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of our God God, and have the testimony of Jesus. Now, what is the keeping the commandments of God show? Well, those that love God keep his commandments. Well, what is the testimony of Jesus? The testimony of Jesus is keeping the things of faith and obedience to the things written in this book of this prophecy. Blessed is he to keep the sayings of the book of this prophecy, for he will be blessed. Well, that's the revelation of Jesus' Christ that God gave unto him, John, to show unto his servants things, which must shortly come to pass, sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Now, signified is a sealing. It's an engraving of an engraver, and that has uh, the final sevens. It's a book of sevens. It's a book of consummation. It's a book of perfection. We find seven angels to the seven churches with seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials, or seven spirits before the throne of God, etc., etc. So we can call it the feast of uh, in gathering, the feast of tabernacles, uh, the feast of Sukkoth, the feast of prophecy, the feast of sevens, the feast of all feasts. All of these are appropriate titles through the book of the Revelation. Now, with that said. We take a look at Matthew 24, Mark 13 and Luke 21, and he's telling them what will befall the people in the last days. And he said, uh, this is a sign of his coming and of the end of the world. Now, remember the sign. There will be the sign of the son of man in heaven. But before that sign, there will be a great lightning that will come from the east, even to the West. Now, Jesus warns some very profound warnings there about the second coming of the end of the world, the eon, the age. And he said, take heed that no man deceive you, because it would be in the last days uh, uh, many false prophets. How do you discern whether these things are of God or not? First John 4, verse 1 through 4 talks about try the spirits to see whether they are of God, for because many false prophets are entered into the world. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, Christ that Spirit, the Spirit of the Son, which is the Spirit of the Father. Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts whereby we cry, a Father. For there's only one Spirit, and that Spirit is of the Son, of the Father, the Son of God, Son of Man. It is the Holy Ghost. There Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. There Jesus is that spirit. But he had to be glorified, for he said, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He must be glorified back to send that spirit. For no man cometh to the Father except through the Son, and that is by the way, the Holy Ghost, that Spirit of Christ, Christ in you, and the Lord is that Spirit that we have access. There Jesus said, Take heed, no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name. That lets us know that just because they say the name of Jesus does not make it true. They will come in that name and deceive many, saying, I am Christ, I am anointed, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of war. Says you shall be not troubled for all these things, much come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famine, pestilences, earthquakes, and divers places. We're having that now. We've had that. The earthquakes have been uh, more increasing in number uh, in the last 10 years, more than what there has been in the totality of since creation. Well, it lets us know that we're coming at the end of the end of time, the last of the last days. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, he's talking about sorrows. Those are birth pangs. These are the beginning of the birth pangs of the church. For her to birth the man child, which is, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That is the Revelation 12 woman in sorrows. She's in birth pangs. She's travailing to be delivered. But as soon as she goes into birth pangs, there is another sign in heaven. A great red red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, ten crowns upon his head to devour the child as soon as it was brought forth. So, the... Great red dragon. We fought the old serpent, the scorpion, the devil. But now the greatest onslaught of hell, of Satan, will be the great red dragon. And this is a great red dragon. It will deceive many. If a person is not 100% in the truth of the word of God being sealed, they will be deceived. That is why that Paul urged and admonished us in Hebrews 4. Take heed lest a single promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into his rest for the remaineth a the rest to the people of God. What is this rest? It's an eternal sabbatical. There, we are warned in the book of the Revelation that many will die. Look under that fifth seal. Souls of them are slain for the word of God, the testimony which they held. They tell you that is a natural Jew. That's a lie. Those are the saints of the living God. And we're going to prove to you that that rapture did not take place in Revelation 4 verse 1. We're going to see the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is in Revelation 19 with the armies of heaven following him. And those armies, not only, it's a Manaha M. The Manaha M is the double camp. Not only a camp of angels, the angelic host, but the host of the Lord, the body of Christ, that are coming back with them with 10,000 of his saints. It is very essential that we know and we do not think to change times and laws as the Antichrist will do in the last days to subvert the faith of many, to overthrow their faith. And we find that with uh, Hymenaeus, etc.? Uh, that have overthrown the faith of some saying the resurrection has already passed. We find that in the word of God. Well, it's essential that we know the time of his coming. It's given us to know the seasons, the times and the seasons in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 1. It's given us to know the times and the seasons which Paul said it's superfluous to us to tell you because you're children of the day. Not of the night that that should take you as a thief in the night. How then, the Antichrist will think to change times and laws. And the very thing that, that Judas Iscariot did was thought that he would promote the kingdom of God in force. Jesus has set up his kingdom upon the earth, betraying him, thinking that it would force the Lord then to put his kingdom upon the earth, which is not an earthly kingdom. It is the kingdom of God. And, say, and Satan, there, if they had the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They did not know. We must know the word of God and the seasons that it's given to us to know the times and the seasons. The seasons are three different seasons with seven different feasts. The three seasons are Passover, Feast of Weeks, and Feast of Tabernacles. In those three seasons, there are seven feasts. In the first season of Passover, there is Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and Feast of first Fruits. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. How do we get into it? Well, Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. We repent. How do you get in the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Well, Romans 6, 1-4, tells you what? No, you're not as we were baptized, were baptized into Christ's death. Romans 6, 4, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12 tells us that you're complete in him and have need of nothing else, of which you're circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. That heart is circumcised, how? By baptism. So anyone that tells you that baptism is not essential for salvation is a liar. That is your feast of unleavened bread that you're buried with him in baptism. Colossians 2.12. Through faith in the operation of God when you raise him from the dead, through the circumcision circumcision of Christ. What does he do? He circumcises your heart. The heart is circumcised uh, there in the spirit. The body of the sins of the flesh destroyed by baptism. Well, that's a piece of unleavened bread. Then you're raised in the newness of life. You become a new creature. Well, now you're born of the water. Now you go to your fourth feast which is the second season of Pentecost feast of weeks in that season you have that feast of weeks you number seven days and on the morrow after first fruits is the feast of weeks that is uh, that wave sheaf uh, there that with unleavened you wait before the Lord now you wave sheaves and wait before the Lord with leaven well that's the Pentecost 15 days after when the day of Pentecost was fully come then suddenly there came a rushing sound of a rushing mighty wind. Fell all the room where they were sitting. Cloven tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now they're born of the Spirit. How do you get into it? Well, you repent baptized baptize in the name of Jesus Christ, raised in the newness of life, a new creature. As is feast one, two, and three, feast of unleavened 11 bread, feast, feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, and feast of first fruits. Then the Feast of Weeks, you receive the Holy Ghost. You're born of water and the Spirit. Now we're going into the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Ingathering, the Feast of Sevens. That's the reason seven thunders uttered their voices. John was about to write and he said, write it not. And there was a little book in the angel's hand he had to take it. The time of the rapture is very important because we find in Amos 9, verse 9, there's a sifting going going on among the nations. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. God will lose none of his. But I'll destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword. The sinners of my people. Yes. It's not enough to say Jesus coming to my heart. We have to obey. Repentance. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Born of the water. the remission yet For the remission of your sins. Then receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then what? But well, then you have to be obedient to the ministry voice of Jesus. That's the Feast of Trumpets. How long will you make me hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war? Blow the trumpet and sound, sound alarm in my holy mountain, and cry. Alas, for the day, the day of the Lord cometh, it is nigh at hand. But there is the ministry voice of Jesus before the Day of Atonement, before the Day of the Lord. And it is a time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months, of the Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry. Daniel 9, 27. And he will confirm the covenant with many for one week. Jesus was given for a covenant. Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. And not full seven years, he promised that he would confirm the covenant with many for one week, a heptad, or seven years. But Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. And who shall declare his generation? That shall be counted for the seed. That's the reason why there remains another three and a half years, 42 months, time, times and a half, 1,203 score days of the work of the ministry, the Jesus ministry, before the Lord comes a second time without sending salvation. It's called the ministry of Elijah. And that's the reason in Matthew 17, while they're on the Mount of Transfiguration, a mountain apart, He takes with him Peter, James, and John up into the mountain. And before these three, Peter, James, and John, Jesus is transfigured in front of them, amongst them. And there appears Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three tabernacles, three booths, three succes, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he wist not what he said. He didn't know why he said it. Well, it lets us know. Because after they raised up being there uh, in Terah, they saw Jesus only. And Jesus said, tell no man the vision. We're going to seal this vision up. Tell no man the vision until the Son of Man is resurrected. Son of Man, why didn't he say Son of God? Son of Man is resurrected from the dead. The Son of Man is the kingdom office. Son of God is the redemption office. Father is the administrative office of the same spirit. Word is the expression office of that same spirit. Holy Ghost is the power office of that same spirit. But the Son of Man is the kingdom office of that same spirit. That's the reason the Son of Man was mentioned 81 times in the Word of God. It was a favorite expression that Jesus used in himself. For he is the head and we are the body of the Christ. That's the Son of Man. That is and entails the whole kingdom. Jesus ahead and everyone that is in him is the Son of Man. Therefore, Jesus, when he would say, What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend back over to heaven, what he was before? Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. It's the kingdom of God. Not just one verse. Notice that Jesus, whenever we're preaching and teaching the kingdom of God, not just one verse, the whole kingdom, what it takes to get into the kingdom, the obedience under righteousness that it takes and is necessary to get into the kingdom. Many do not know that and will hear the frightful voice. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you, for you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Somebody said, well, I didn't know there was a will to do. It is essential that we understand the word of God and prepare for this is a time of the time of preparation before the Lord comes. There is a time of preparation there in the son of man. We have that revelation that Jesus that we he is the head. We are the body of the Christ and the son of man comes with healing in his wings when that son of righteousness arises with healing in his wings. Then the wicked will be ashes and under the righteous feet. That's Malachi 4. But when? We're told that's a pre-tribulation rapture. And the church has sought and wanted to believe that lie. When in fact, we are going through the tribulation, the great tribulation, that is the reason why we have to have the sealing. In Revelation 7, the servants of God in their forehead. Somebody said, that's Israel. No, it's not. Not Israel at the flesh. It's the servants of God that obey him unto righteousness. Sealed in their forehead, the servants of God in Revelation 7. Now, Jesus said nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. All these famine, pestilence, and uh, earthquakes in diverse places. We're seeing that now. And the key word there, these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pangs. The church is going to have birth pangs. Why? It must bring forth Jesus unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Somebody said, that's impossible. Then why did Jesus say, be you perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect? And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. If we can't be perfected, then why did he give us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers? for the perfecting of the saints, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. He's coming back for a perfect church unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. He's not coming back for a church that has not made herself ready, for the bride has made herself ready, perfect, spotless, and blameless, without blemish. That is the church of the living God. And uh, are we still not yet carnal? Be there divisions, heresies, uh, mourning, strife, hate, envy, murders, all these within the church. And that's the reason Paul said, Are you still not yet carnal? And a, to be carnally minded is death. So these are the beginning of sorrows. This is the beginning of birth pangs for the ones that are going to follow Jesus all the way. For you're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. There's your birth pangs. Today, that your charity aboundeth one toward another, and your faith groweth exceedingly, and all your tribulations, persecutions that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you might be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, seeing that it is a righteous thing with God to render tribulation to them that trouble you. There we have that work of the ministry. You have to be willing to suffer with Him. You suffer with Him, you will reign with him, but it's birth to bring forth Christ in you. And we find it in first Peter four, verse one, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be ye therefore likewise minded. There's that mind of Christ in Revelation seven, verse one through four, sealing the servants of our God in their forehead. That's a mind of Christ. Be ye therefore likewise minded, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. In other words, come to a level in glory of not only call chosen, but faithful in that call where God can trust you. That you're faithful. Call, chosen, and faithful. <clears throat> we find in the book of the Revelation. Here in Matthew 24, Jesus is telling us these are the beginnings of these birth pains. The false church says, Mr. Babylon says, "I am a queen." Babylon says, "I'm a queen. I am no widow. I'm already married to Jesus, and I shall see no sorrow." These are the beginning of sorrows. But Babylon says, "We will see no sorrow. We will not have any tribulation or persecution. We won't have any birth pains. We're already a queen." There's nothing else. We're clothed, fed, and have need of nothing, as Laodicea cries out. But God said, I counsel of thee to buy me gold and tried in the fire, so that thy shame of thy nakedness does not appear. Knowest thou not, your poor, miserable, wretched, naked, and destitute. I counsel of thee I'm telling you, try to buy of me gold. This is spiritual bartering. Buy of me gold. Try it in the fire. A measure of wheat for a penny. Three measures of barley for a penny. See that you hurt not the oil and the wine. Those are the ones that not come to perfection yet, still have still have some buying to do. Spiritual bartering. Buying to come to the measure of the statue how? Buy if except a man forsaketh all that he hath he cannot be my disciple. It's very simple. These are the beginning of birth pains, sorrows. Now the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. What? He just said these are the beginning of sorrows. They said they're going to live you up to be afflicted. Many of the afflictions are the righteous, but God delivered them out of them all. And shall kill you. My goodness shall kill you. Right, saith the Spirit. Blessed are they that die in the Lord, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. I have not found your works perfect, Sardis. There in Revelation 3, the the fifth, that fifth church said, I have not found your works perfect. He's looking for perfect works. What's that? It means that you have obeyed the Lord unto righteousness. Romans 6. Obedience unto righteousness. You will be hated of all nations for his name's sake. That means the world will hate you because it hated, it hated him first. If the world hates you, know that it hated him first. If you were of the world, the world would love you. But because you're not of the world, the world hates you. And he says, You're going to be hated for my name's sake. You named the name of Jesus. How'd you take on that name? In baptism. As many as been baptized under Christ is put on Christ, of which the whole family in heaven and earth is named Jesus. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, what's iniquity? Lawlessness, not being led of the Holy Ghost, everybody going after their own, seeking their own ways. The love of many shall wax cold. They'll think, well, God, it seems like no use but he that shall endure unto the end not one week before or seven years before the tribulation and then you're raptured out and then after seven years here the lord comes again he comes once and once and for all friend he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved now jesus said there in matthew 28:19 all the world teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Father's not a name, it's a title. Son's not a name, it's a title. What is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost? Jesus. That is expressly stated in John five forty three and uh, John 17 over and over. I am coming in my Father's name. Father, I've kept thee through your name. Jesus comes into Jerusalem. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That name of the Lord, the name of the Father is Jesus. Name of the Son, nobody will refute that. Jesus. Name of the Holy Ghost, he sent the Holy, Comforter. Holy Ghost in my name. Jesus. Peter, having the revelation, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, There it is. There's they will be offended because of the name. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all the world. This gospel, not one verse scripture, not Jesus coming to my heart, this gospel of the kingdom, the full gospel of the scriptures which are well able to save you. Search the scriptures for in them that you think you have eternal life, but these are they that testify of me. And then shall the end come. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Daniel 8 talks about the transgression of desolation. What is that transgression of desolation? The abomination that make it desolate. Why? Because of transgression. Because we have sinned against the Lord our God. Daniel said, Lord, I have sinned to my fathers, sin and I'm, we are worse than our fathers. Therefore unto us belongs confusion of faces as it is this day, but unto the Lord everlasting righteousness and holiness unto God. He knew that the people going their own way, following their own spirit, that is iniquity, lawlessness, that because of that iniquity, God said, uh, the Lord said unto them, depart from me, I never knew you, you that work iniquity. Then he tells you, those which are in Judea, flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down and take anything out of his house. What's a housetop? Tabernacles. What's that Tabernacles. That's when you go on the housetop, build booths as commemorative of coming out of Egypt. The feast of booths on your housetops. Don't go down to take anything out of your house. In other words, don't go back there in tabernacles. You're going right on in. You're on the rooftop, on the housetop. Neither let him, which is in the field, return back to take his clothes. And woe be to them, that a child of them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Somebody said, but that's a natural Sabbath. No, it's not. That winter is the time of snow. It's a time of hail. Winter, snow, hail, all these fulfilling my words, Psalm 149. That winter is a time of great tribulation. It, it's going to say that. And the Sabbath is the consummation of all things. That is a time. And John was in the spirit on the Lord's day, on that Sabbath. And he said, then shall be what? And he's telling us right there what we must go through for then shall be a time of great tribulation. Somebody said that's not the great tribulation. The word says, then shall be great tribulation. Well, it couldn't be. It just means you're going through trouble. No, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. This is a time of trouble, Jacob's trouble. But we will be delivered out of it. We will go through it just like Noah went through the flood so the body of Christ will go through. And anyone, it says, they will see no tribulation. In Amos nine ten, God said, I'll destroy all the sinners of my people which say no tribulation, no trouble, shall come upon us. I'll draw the sinners of my people by the sword which say no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. That evil is tribulation, trouble. It is wrought, tribulation. Well, except those days which shall be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, that's not Israel. That's the elect, the church of the living God. It shall be shortened. Then any man shall say to you, lo, here is Christ, are there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ, false prophet, deceiving many, saying that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. That he's not the Father of Glory, he's not that Spirit. Jesus Christ had not has come in the flesh, but if Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is of God. That means that you say that Jesus is the Father. He is that Spirit. He is the Lord. It is Christ that is coming to you, and will still come in the body of Christ until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, and. These false prophets will show great signs. If you're looking for a sign, you're going to see them. And wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they deceive, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Now, this is very serious that we understand these things. Now, I want to focus on the next few scriptures in the work of the ministry. Wherefore, if they shall say to you, Behold, he's in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he's in the secret chambers, believe it not. Verse 27 is key. It's a key to you and I understanding the work of the ministry. And that very simply is. For as the lightning, as the lightning shineth out and cometh out of the east. Coming. Notice he uses the word cometh out of the east. That is a key. It's a parousia. But is it the second advent? No. It's before the second advent. We're going to see the second advent in just a minute. The second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Looking for the glory supreme of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. How to see 13. We're going to see that. But before that. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Remember my servant Moses. Behold I send you Elijah. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Here it is. The lightning. What is that lightning? That lightning that cometh out of the east. Now east is R-M-D in the word. Eastward is always the work of the Holy Ghost. When it says he seals 144,000. He doesn't write 144. He writes R-M-D in the Greek. Thousand. Why? Because R is 100. m 40 D four, it's a work of the Holy Ghost in East Eastward. When Rebecca had a bracelet put upon her hand, that bracelet was a little sign of ownership. Whenever there was a sealing of the servants of God in their forehead, it was a sign of ownership. It was a seal that these are the authentic. These are the true body of Christ. You see, for whom the Lord did foreknow, them he did predestinate. Predestinate to be what? Predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And most of the church world says, no, you can't do that. You can't be perfect. You can't be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. He's God. No, he works salvation as a man. Not as a God-man, as a man. Because he had made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6. He took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of man and being found in fashion as a man. Not as a God-man, as a man. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man, not a God-man, a man, shall my servant make many righteous. He had emptied out and made himself of no reputation no glory to work salvation as a man on our behalf made in under the law to fulfill the law to redeem us that were under the law Galatians 4 verse 4 now when you see that and we're seeing here that there will be a lightning cometh the lightning cometh out of the east east R.M.D. that's 144 the work of the Holy Ghost that angels coming from the east having the seal of the living God Revelation 7 What is this East? He is not descending from the East. He's ascending from the East. This is going higher and higher in glory through the work of the Holy Ghost as an angel ascending from the East, having the seal of the living God. This lightning cometh out of the East. What's that coming? It's a parousia. The coming of the Lord? Yes, the coming. To what are we going? How, how, how are we going? Now, we know we had a depraved nature. We had to be born again. But notice that Jesus, he said that like as I am, so you will be in this present evil world. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. That's blood flow. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. There Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are. Somebody said, no, Jesus is the light of the world, but not us. Yes, you are the light of the world. You're a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. So let your light shine. This lightning cometh out of the east. Now we find that you and I, And somebody said, we're justified and that's it. No, there's more. Because... As many as he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And those that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Most stop there. And those that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Now, God has shown forth his glory in the face. It's very important we see, important we see the face. God has shown forth his glory in the face. What face? In the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? Because Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Now I go away. It's expedient. I go away. For I go not away. The comfort of the Holy Ghost will not come. Therefore, I'll go away and I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The promise of the father, which saith he, you've heard of me. Christ in you, the hope of glory, Jesus in you. How he's glorified with the Holy Ghost and sent unto us. There he said that you're not only called, that you're justified, but also glorified. Well, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face beholding as of the glass, the glory of of the Lord are changed into the same image. Don't let anybody tell you you can't be t- literally changed through the Holy Ghost, not through your own self, through the Holy Ghost, through the same image of Jesus Christ. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Second Corinthians 3.17. That is the work of the ministry. And here it is. Before the coming, before the second advent, he said uh, don't go after any of these false prophets, he said, for as the lightning, and he goes to lightning, as the lightning cometh out of the east. The east, R-M-D, the work of the Holy Ghost. That coming, where do we know the coming? In Hosea 6, verse 1, through 4, it's going to tell us about this coming, this lightning. Come and let us return to the Lord for he hath torn, he will heal us. Somebody said, oh, no, no, that's the devil. No, God said, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. Deuteronomy 32, I, the Lord, do all these things. Shall there be evil in the city? And I, the Lord, God, hath not done it. God has his way in the wind and in the whirlwind. It's not the devil. God himself. Why? He rules in the affairs of man, the sovereignty and providence of God. Here, In Hosea 6, verse 1 through 4, he's telling us about this lightning. He's telling us about how he's going to come. He's coming out of the east. Well, who is this? Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath thorned, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. Well, we've already been after the second day. It's been 2,000 years. Now we're in the third day. And in the third day, he's going to do something. And in the third day, he will raise us up. And we will live in his sight. If we follow on to know the Lord, we got to know him. If we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as a morning. And he will come. There's a the coming. Coming out of these. And he will come to us. There's a the coming. It's a parousia. He will come to us. As the rain, the former, Acts, the second chapter, and the latter, which still is yet to be fulfilled. Zechariah 10.1 says, "Ask ye of your rain, in the time of the latter rain, the Lord break bright, bright clouds, send forth showers to every one grass in the field. He has long patience until he receives the rain, former and the last great rain of his strength. And Hagai 2 He talks about there is a shaking going on among the nations. He said, and he will shake the nations and the desire of nations will come. He will shake the nations. Yes, that's the 21st day of the seventh month. Not Pentecost. Not Passover in the first month. It is the seventh month. Ethneim, Tishri. In the 21st day of the seventh month. And he said, he will shake all nations and then the desire of all nations will come. All the silver and the gold is mine, and I'll make the glory of the latter house greater than that of the former. This is going to be greater than the book of Acts in the Pentecostal reign. That was the former reign, but he's he's going to cause to come down the last great reign of his strength. This is before the second advent. What is that? It says, for as the lightning comes. What is that? Coming? his going forth is prepared as the morning and He will come. There's a coming to us as the rain form in the latter rain. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth. There's a shining. The path of the just is as a light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Now you are the light of the world. The word is a lamp unto your feet. The light of uh, this glorious gospel will be revealed in and through you, the body of Christ. It says, therefore, as a lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even into the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Son of Man is the kingdom office. That son of man that has to do with the body of Christ coming unto perfection. And we will find this in Revelation 11. There's a reed like unto a rod given to me and saying, rise from the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which without leave out and measure it not for it's given to the Gentiles and the holy city shall be trodden underfoot 42 months. He just told you, it's going to live you up to kings and magistrates. You're going to be hated of all nations for his name's sake. Some of you will be delivered up to be killed. He just told you that. Then he says, I'll give power to my two witnesses. Two witnesses. The two witnesses of Revelation 11. I say, well, that's some say it's Enoch and Moses. Others say it's Elijah and Moses. They'll and have some kind of a debate over that. Neither one's right. It's in the spirit of Jesus Christ. Because on the Mount of Transfiguration, it wasn't Moses doing those judgment miracles over Egypt, destroying all the gods of Egypt. It was Jesus only doing the judgment miracles. It wasn't Elijah doing the kingdom miracles that he did, causing it uh, not to rain uh, there in the days of his prophecy, three and a half years. Neither was it Elijah that rose the dead. It was Jesus only. And Jesus did the redemption miracles. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, own blind eyes, lose the dumb tongue, the lame walked, and the captive went free. Blessed he whosoever is not offended in me, Jesus said. There will be redemption miracles, judgment miracles of Moses and Elijah, and that restoration miracles before the second coming of the Lord. That's the lightning. Well, who are these? These, these are the two witnesses. Uh, somebody said, well, I thought they were two prophets, the two men. Well, yeah, prophets because they're not apostles because they, they're going to prophesy of the words of the book of this prophecy. But first in the church is apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. That is the reason why he calls them two prophets. In the Coptic version, it's going to say, and died by, their dead body will lie in the streets, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, and also our Lord is crucified. There's only one body, but it says bodies in the King James Version because those two witnesses are in the spirit of Elijah and the spirit of Moses which is none other than Jesus Christ. It wasn't Moses and Elijah doing those kingdom miracles and doing the judgment miracles of Moses. It was Jesus only. That's the reason the Mount of Transfiguration tells you who that is on that vision. Tell the man this vision. He's going to seal up that vision. Daniel 9, 24, and to anoint the most holy. And that Jesus, whenever they, Peter, James, and John, not all of the apostles were brought to the Mount of Transfiguration because only a remnant, Peter, James, and John. Now there's some reasons why. Peter was given the keys of the kingdom. While Jesus sent his face to go to Jerusalem, James and John They came out there and they said, Lord, let us call fire down from heaven to burn these up. Jesus said, you know not what manner of spirit you are. And then he said, he called them the sons of Boagernes, the sons of thunder. James, Jacobus, Jacob, and John, who wrote the book of the Revelation, and Peter, Petros, the rock of which Christ was given, were the three on the Mount of Transfiguration. There's a reason why. The sons of thunder, the seven thunders uttered their voices. John was about to write, Revelation 10, and he said, write it not. He heard and he turned to see the seven thunders as they uttered their voices. And he said, write it not. What are these seven thunders? sevens the book of sevens it's the voice of God because when God spoke they thought it thundered and when God came upon Sinai it thundered lightnings and thunderers and we have Hebrews 12 that the Lord's voice then shook the whole earth Mount Sinai as the Lord came down and the mountain burned with fire Moses said I exceedingly fear and quake His voice then shook the earth. The people said, Moses, you speak to God and tell us. At that point, Paul tells us in Hebrews 12, the Lord then, whose voice shook the earth, let us refuse not him that speaks from heaven. This is the ministry voice of Jesus. It's the feast of trumpets. It's that season of the ministry voice, the trumpets the Feast of Trumpets, uh, and these will be the lightning that will warn the people before the second advent. That is uh, the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even into the west. That sh- That thunder, that voice of God, that lightning, is the last day seven thunders that uttered their voices and it shook the earth back then. Lord said, now it's going to culminate in the day of the Lord. There will be a ministry voice of Jesus and then after that, the Lord's coming. We see the lightning here and then the coming of the Lord. Before the coming of the Lord in the second advent, we see the coming of the lightning. What is the lightning? What is the lightning that cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west? You are that light. You have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. Who is it? It's the body of Christ, but in a higher glory than the church right now in Pentecost. It's not Pentecostal glory. It is a glory higher than Pentecost called Tabernacleist. In the season of tabernacles. In the season of tabernacles, there is three feasts. Feast of trumpets, that's a minister voice of Jesus. Day of atonement, the day of the Lord. And in the feast of tabernacles, the millennial reign. We are in that third day. God is preparing his voice for that word that will be preached in all the world for witness in all nations and the end will come. Who is that lightning? As we see in Revelation 11, he said, These, may these two give power to my two witnesses, my two servants. Who are these? They're called two prophets, but who are they? These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks. Well, we know the candlesticks are the churches. Sure. Why two? Because two. Everything is sent out by two and two, and it's we find the key to that in John eight thirteen. Jesus said, they came to Jesus, and they tried to trip Jesus up. Pharisees first, is it lawful to pray tribute to Caesar or not? Jesus answered him, show me a coin, a penny, whose superscription who superscriptions on it? Caesar's, they surrender to Caesar things to be of Caesar, to God things to be of God. Then the Sadducees come and said, you know, the, uh, the brother had a wife and died and didn't have a seed and therefore the brother married him and he died and therefore all seven had her to wife. In the resurrection, whose wife shall she be? All seven had her to wife. And then Jesus answered that. They will be as the angels, neither given in marriage, et cetera, marrying nor given in marriage. Then Jesus said, I have a question for you. That question there, that he has for you is that question that we're going to have here in the last days. What think you of Christ? Whose son is he? That revelation of Christ, the Christos. He said, the son of David. And Jesus said, Well, then, how does David in spirit say, The Lord said unto my Lord, sat down in my right hand, until I make that enemies thy footstool? If David in spirit calls him Lord, how is he then his son? because they did not understand that Jesus Christ is not just a man. That in his days of his humiliation, he worked salvation as a man. But then when he back, back glorified with the Father's own self, that is glorified back with all power in heaven and earth, how he was said that, received the Holy Ghost, and now sent unto us. The Lord is that spirit. And the spirit of the Lord is liberty, and we all with open face beholds the glass of glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, not something short of it. So we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but to suffer for his name's sake, to come to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ, that we might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which we suffer. Which accounts for us literally suffering has ceased from sin with the mind of Christ. And that's the reason for this Revelation 7 sealing in our foreheads. With that said, in Revelation 11, we have these two witnesses. Who are the two witnesses? The two servants. Jesus, as he was approached, and they said, Jesus, you bear a record yourself, your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. They thought it was just Jesus and a body of flesh. They did not realize that he is the father of glory. This is going to give us key to Revelation 11. Jesus said, I'm not alone. I'm one that bear record of myself and my father sent me, he bear record of me. And then he goes on and says, it's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself There's the flesh. Now, we are that body. We are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Is that body, the church? I'm one that beareth witness of myself, that is, flesh, and my Father that sent me. He beareth witness of me. Notice he said the testimony of two men. There's a testimony of Jesus. Revelation 19, 10, which is the spirit of prophecy. Then he says, uh, The testimony of two men is true. I'm one that beareth witness. There's your two witnesses. One is the flesh, the other is the spirit. There is your two witnesses in Revelation 11. While Jesus is in the world, he's the light of the world. And he said, I'm one that beareth witness of myself. And my father me. he's that other man that beareth witness of me. There's your two men. Well, the two witnesses there in Revelation 11 is in the spirit of Elijah and in the spirit of Moses, which is not Moses, it's Jesus only. It's not Elijah, it's Jesus only. There he tells you, these are the two olive trees the two candlesticks. Those ones I give power to my two witnesses, my two servants. To receive that power, you must be sealed in Revelation 7. Those are the ones that will go out and fire will proceed out of their mouth. They haven't been given the rod of judgment yet. They haven't been given uh, judgment to the saints of the Most High God As a festival potter, shall there be beaten to shivers and rule of the nations? Not yet. But they do have the word, the proceeding word of God as fire. They are the two olive trees. Who are the two olive trees? In 1 Kings 6.23, it tells you in the holy place you had ten tables of shoe bread, ten candlesticks. Then you went in within the veil. You had that golden sister, but you went within the veil, five steps up, and as you did, there was three levels to Solomon's temple. And in that most holy place was the Ark of the Covenant called the Testimony. Inside that Testimony, you had Aaron's rod that budded and brought forth almonds, priesthood, You had the manna from heaven, and omer of a manna, put in there for a witness against them in the last days, the latter days. And you had the decalogue, the tables of stone. Those three things. Now, we're going to see that not only do we have those cherubim in the mercy seat of the mercy seat, looking toward the mercy seat, but you're going to have two colossal cherubim. They made of two olive trees. The other was of beaten gold, solid gold, and the Ark of the Covenant as the mercy seat. The lid was a mercy seat. But now we have two colossal cherubim of olive trees overlaid with gold, 10 cubits high. The 10 by 10 by 20, 20 cubits wide, you're going to have, overshadowing the mercy seat, two cherubim of glory. They are two olive trees. The two olive trees, the tree is a candlestick. And they stretch forth their wings, five cubit, one wingspan, five cubit, the other wingspan, touching the other cherubim, five cubit wingspan, two, five-cubit of two, they're touching each other, overshadowing the mercy seat, and with the two, they're touching the walls of salvation in the holiest of all, the holy of holies, touching uh, the walls uh, of cedar, the cedar work. The fir is the floor. The cedar is the walls. And uh, he will uncover the cedar work. But the olive trees are the church of the living God, the cherubim of glory. And that's the reason why you have in Genesis 3, after the fall, God set cherubim at the east end of the garden of God. You and I are told these are angels. They are not angels. He set cherubim at the east end of the garden of God to keep the way of the tree of life. To keep the way, not to keep man out not to guard the holiness of God. They don't have to, God have, to have anything guarding Him. These cherubims are to keep the way of the tree of life. They're keeping it. Who's the way? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. And that's a capital C in Genesis 3. Why? Because that is the lion, man, ox, and eagle, Jesus Christ. That's the four faces. God shown forth his glory in the face. Well, there's going to be four faces there of Jesus. A lion... In Matthew, he's declared to be the lion of the tribe of Judah. In Mark, he's the perfect man, the face of a man, the perfect man. Luke, he's going to be the face of an ox, the suffering servant. And where the increase comes by the strength of the ox, where the crib is clean, there's no increase. Jesus is that ox, all strength almighty. And then in John, he is the flying eagle. Lion, man, ox, and eagle. We have the four faces of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's a capital C in Genesis 3 because it's deity. He's God. Therefore, in Ezekiel 1, it shows us that they are living creatures by the river Kebar. It's in the 30th year of Ezekiel. Why 30? Because in the year 30, a high priest must be 30 years old to take his office numbers four. Ezekiel's reached, reached that age in that thirtieth year of Ezekiel, son of Buzi. Well, thirty years of age—that's the high priesthood. There is a Ezekiel, strength of God. His name means strength of God. The same as one of the pillars, Boaz, strength of God. Yaqin, he, he will prepare Boaz, and it is strength, and God will strengthen. And there is Ezekiel, and he's going to be referred to as the son of man not because of his flesh. Sometimes it's going to be capitalized. Sometimes it's not. There's a reason for that. And we're going to see that in Ezekiel in that 30th year. He sees visions of God. He sees a fire enfolding itself as a color of amber. And out of that fire comes uh, four living creatures as the appearance of a man. That man is the perfect man, Christ Jesus It has the appearance of a man. That's the same man you see in Revelation 19.10. John saw it. And he saw this man that looked just exactly like Jesus. He thought it was Jesus. He bowed down, was going to bow down to worship him. And he said, see thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Jesus. That testimony of Jesus is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. What is that testimony? The revelation of Jesus Christ, that God gave it to him to show and to his servants things, which must shortly come to pass. Those things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Things in heaven, things in the earth, things of the earth. The things written in this book, blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of this book. The things are the things of faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. And it's to show unto his servants things. That is the testimony. The testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Small s. Why is it a small s? Because he that's joined the Lord is one spirit. Capital S. He is that spirit, but he that's joined the Lord is one spirit. We're one with him. There in Revelation 19, 10, we have the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, the faith that was once delivered to the saints. When we look at the olive trees, we know that they are the cherubim of glory because Ezekiel 10 tells us they're living creatures I saw by the river Kebar, and I knew that they were the cherubim. The same that we see in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, which is a lion, man, calf, and eagle. Calf being not a ox yet, an ox, but will grow in from the man-child to the man in Revelation 12. When we see the Olive trees, the cherubim of glory. We look at Ezekiel. These lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even to the west. We need to see the work of the cherubim, which is the work of a barrel stone, which on the barrel stone is written, Dan, judge, judgment. For God will move upon his people. Therein, as remember my servant Moses, judgment, and Elijah, which is restoration, before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. In Ezekiel 1, when we take a look at these living creatures, they come out of fire. This is a brand plucked out of a fire in Zechariah 3 with a change of raiment. God is changing the raiment now for those that have an ear to hear preparing them in the preparation for the work of the ministry. In Ezekiel, if you will, look at Ezekiel 1. They're the four living creatures in, in uh, verse 5. They come out of the fire. They have a likeness of a man. That is one like the son of man in, in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. It's a wheel in the middle of a wheel. They forehead their four faces. Uh, man, lion, ox, and eagle. Now, look at verse 11. Thus were their faces. We have uh, Jesus Christ giving the face, all the glory of God in the face of Jesus, the face. And uh, that face shows a lion, man, ox, and eagle, living creatures. When we see Revelation 4, the zoe, the four beasts, they are exactly the same before the throne of God. Four and twenty elders have four and twenty seats where we're together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, the priesthood. But then there are the four beasts, the living creatures. And they are the ones that's going to say come and see. When we see those, they are the olive trees. They are the candlesticks. They are the cherubim of glory. Revelation 11, these are the two olive trees. The olive trees are the two olive branches of Zechariah 4 which are the cherubim. 1 Kings 6.23 They are the same cherubim of glory in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. They four had their four faces. Now it says every one of them were joined one to another. That's the unity of the faith. And two covered their bodies. So two, they stretched upward. Two of everyone, they join one to another. They're joining of one toward another. And the wings is what you flap on the wind of salvation. Without the wings, you cannot flap on the wind of doctrine. They too, they covered their bodies. Look at verse 12. And they went everyone straight forward. Whether the spirit was to go, that means that they're led of the spirit of God. They're not fighting one against another. They're not justly one against another. They are 100% in the perfect will of God. No strife, no envy, no hate, no malice. They went and they turned not when they went. They turned not to the right hand or the left. Everyone's straightforward. For the likeness of the living creatures, take a look at their likeness. Their appearance was like burning coals of fire burning coals of fire was that fire is what was put upon Isaiah's lips when he saw the Lord instead of a man of unclean lips and of undone burning coals of fire was put on his lips and that coal he said now who will go for us it's a preparation for the work of the ministry and like the appearance of lamps that's the word they have lamps And they have ten virgins, five wise, and there's going to be five foolish. And as that midnight cry, Behold, the Lord cometh. This is not the rapture of the church. It's the coming, the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. And they went out there to meet him. They were going into that bedchamber. They were going into those chariots, the bedchamber, there with their beloved. Five wise had oil for their lamps. There's the burning coals of fire in their lamps. The others, and they trimmed their wicks, they lit, but they had plenty of oil for their lamps. But the five foolish virgins, they're still virgins, following the Lord, but they did not have enough oil for their lamp, and their light went out. The lightnings will not be there. This this lamp's will go out the others went in and it was shut to the door that's your ceiling and it said it went up and down among the living creatures notice this and the fire was bright and out of the fire went forth lightning what goes out from the cherubim the lightning goes out from them burning coals of fire lamps goes out from them they're not the fire. They are and have the kingdom within them, Christ in them. And the living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. There is the lightning from the east that comes out of the east and shineth even into the west. That's the glorious gospel being preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. These are the cherubim. These are the living creatures. These are the ones that will be used for the work of the ministry in the last preaching of the gospel into all the world for a witness unto all nations and then the end will come. In Revelation 11, we see that they are given The same power that in the days of Moses they could turn the water to blood as often as they will. Smite the earth with all manner of plagues as often as they would. They have fire that proceedeth out of their mouth. And in this manner shall the ones that come against them be killed. It's not them in judgment ruling the nations yet but it's the fire there out of the mouth of the Holy Ghost that they have. They are the two olive trees. They prophesy for the 1,203 score days, time times time, they have three and a half years, 42 months of the Jesus ministry, fulfilling his week heptad of seven years. Jesus did the first three and a half. They do the last three and a half. If any man will hurt them, fire proceeded. That's a word of God proceeding out of their mouth. The preceding word of God and devoureth their enemies. The fire does. They don't. The word does. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These witnesses are not killing anyone. The word that they speak does. They have power to shut heaven. That it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Just as Elijah but that was Jesus only, remember, on the Mount of Transfiguration. And have power over waters to turn them blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as we will, just as they did the judgment miracles that God gave to Moses. Moses didn't have power of the nations yet. But he had power given from God in that rod. Where did that rod go? It was given unto you. There was a reed like unto a rod given unto me saying, rise, measure the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein. That rod is that rod of the stem of Jesse, Jesus Christ. And they shall, when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottom of the pit will make a war against them and kill them. Now, there will be many, many. There won't be just two, two is the number of witness, but there will be many in the church that of understanding shall fall to try to purge and to make them white, Daniel eleven. And many of understanding they shall teach others and instruct many. And their dead bodies shall be in the street of that great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, wherein also our Lord was crucified. He wasn't crucified in Sodom and Egypt, but that is, he was crucified there. We know in Golgotha, Calvary, out without the outside the camp. Well, same way will it be, but it's the spirit of Sodom. It's the spirit of Egypt. It's a spirit of uh, uh, against the kingdom of God. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies. there. what? Not three days, three and a half days. Why? Because it's fulfilling that week of Jesus. It shows us in that type and shadow, three and a half days. Which is the other end of the week. Jesus did three and a half years. The others will do that three. Then there, Jesus three days there in the tomb. Well, these will be three and a half days, and when not suffer their dead bodies to be buried. In the Coptic it says their dead body, because there's only one church, but it's two witnesses. And it says And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall give gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. Somebody said, that's just two, two men. No, it's the Spirit. Everything in the mouth of two witnesses. Two to three witnesses. There's the two witnesses. That is the two olive trees. Those are the cherubim. They are the candlesticks. And after three days and a half, not three days, three days and a half are the the balance of that week, the spirit of life of God will enter into them. And they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon those which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. The same hour there was a great earthquake. The 10th part of the city fell. And in the earthquake Quake were slain to mean 7,000. Seven, perfected glory. Thousand, perfected glory. Seven is the perfect number of God. And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. These were not killed. They were going to the millennial to be reigned over. The second woe is passed. Now, that is the first woe trumpet. Second woe is passed and the third one. Three woe, woe, woe be to the heavens of the earth. Therefore, in Revelation 4, verse 1, I heard a voice of a trumpet talking to me saying, come up hither, is not the rapture. It's immediately after the tribulation of those days because we see in Matthew 24 that whenever Jesus in the Mount Olivet discourse says that immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sign of the Son of Man appear in heaven and then send his angels and gather together his elect. But before that time of the second advent, the point we want to make very, very emphatically is that there is the lightning, Matthew 24, verse 27, for as the lightning cometh out of the east, that's the cherubim of glory, that is the work of the ministry, that is the witness of the body of Christ that have the testimony of Jesus. And we'll get into depth on that in the the coming podcast. And shineth even unto the west. It covers the whole earth. It didn't say north to south, it said east to west. No ending. So law shows shall the coming of the Son of Man be. That Son of Man's the kingdom office. The Son of Man is we've gone up into him in all things. And wheresoever the carcass is, that the eagles would be gathered together. Why did it say that? Eagles would be gathered together. Lion, man, ox, and eagles. And eagles within that body of Christ. Then it says, immediately after the tribulation, we've been going all through that. It's a time of trouble, such as never was, such as was a nation, neither shall ever be again. Evil. The devil coming down to you, having great wrath, knowing he has for a short time. It is the fullness of evil against the fullness of the power of God Almighty in and through the body of Christ. When evil comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard against him. When the old dragon, the serpent, the scorpion, the devil, goes to kill the woman and the man-child, then two wings of a great eagle are given to the woman, where she flieth into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared of God, where she's nourished from the face of the serpent for a time, times, and dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days, exactly the time, times, and a half, exactly the last of the Jesus' ministry, the work of the ministry. There, immediately, after the tribulation of those days, shall the, sign, the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. The stars shall fall from heaven, just like he said it would, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. The heavens will literally melt with fervent heat, and all elements will be dissolved, what matter of holy conversation should you be. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man. The sign of the Son of Man is the sealing all those that are with the Lord, that's a manahim. Manahem is a double camp, not only of the angelic host coming with the Lord, but he comes with 10,000 of his saints. That's the sign of the Son of Man in heaven where he gathers all things together in one in Christ Jesus uh, and then comes and takes the earth and sets up his kingdom for a 1,000 years. We will reign as kings and priests in the earth with the Lord for 1,000 years. Well, were there's much that we will go into in detail about the lightning, the thunderings, the voice, the voices, and that earthquake, and that testament open in heaven, the ark open in heaven, and that testimony of Jesus in the land where he bows the heaven down to the earth and sets the ordinances of the Maseroth in the earth. But just know it's immediately after the tribulation of those days After the lightning has shined from the east to the west. After that coming of that lightning from the east shining even to the west. The path of the justice is shining light shining more and more to the perfect day. The perfect day when the Lord comes immediately after the great tribulation. The rapture is after the tribulation. We should not all sleep. We should all be changed in the moment of a tweak and I at the last trump, First Corinthians fifteen fifty one and 52. The last trump is not the seventh trump of God because that is uh, the woe, woe, woe being in the heavens of the earth by the other three trumpets, there that's the sound. And that seventh trumpet is a woeful, woe trumpet, fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet. That trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's the very last voice, trumpet of God, the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God. There, when we will, we will all rise. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The work of the ministry is ahead. It's the time of preparation for the work of the ministry, for those that have an ear to hear. Well, until next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit, Saving God's People, SavingGodsPeople.org. Until the next time, Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.